Talk Zone presents Two Guys on a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys on a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody, Two Guys at a Mic Show. Beautiful Wednesday here in the fine city of Chicago. Our show emanating out of the city of Chicago. But I remind you, via the Internet, Mr. Jack Washer sitting in for the big dog today. We are being uh, telecast out. Your words, your thoughts, and possibly a few embarrassing picks of the nose or uh, scratches somewhere you shouldn't be scratching will be seen and hurt in seven different continents and also parts of Naperville and Chelmer. So don't be nervous. Relax. Yes, indeed. We also feature the semi-award-winning music of the TalkZone.com, Other Side of the Window, Pain, or sometimes we call him the Pain. On the other side of the window, it's producer extraordinaire David Olson. Is that a Father's Day shirt? Brand new. Is that a little Father's Day gift? I like that. Now he's giving me the wave off sign. Very sharp. Very sharp. By the way, uh, Jack, I don't, you were a little bit late coming in. You probably didn't stop in. Assistant producer Randy Myers. I stopped in his office briefly today. I should have wore sunglasses. He's wearing a shirt. Arguable. I don't know if he's part of the Rainbow Coalition. Maybe he's still celebrating the uh, Pride Parade three days later, but that thing's got like eight colors in it, and it's, uh, you should wear like sun protection 30 before looking at that. <laughs> at any rate, Big Dog is off today. We got J.W. Jack Washer, the Pride and Joy, the rookie out of the University of Missouri, sitting in. It's been a while, uh, Jack. I have no idea how long, close to a year since you've been in. Yeah, it's I, I... I think yeah, last summer. I think it was the last time I was yeah. here. What's wrong with your agent? Uh, you know, he's got to be. He's yeah. got to push you a little bit more. Yeah, we're we're in the cross stages of my yeah. agent right now. So. I know you're young, but do, do you have people? Yeah. <laughs> I got one. All right, you yeah. got one. Yeah, I got one. <laughs> How's mom doing, by the way? <laughs> well, she is my people, and she's uh, at home watching. Okay, so. uh, your, your people uh, equivalency is about equal to my people equivalency. <laughs> so have your people talk to my people, <laughs> and we'll do lunch and talk over getting you in more than once a year. All right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Everything good in your world? You finished your first year of your collegiate expertise, and now I'll work in the summer, so you are officially a college student. I am. You survived? I did survive. Any stories? Your parents are probably listening, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles. Any collegiate stories that you can repeat? And I remind you, this is a family sports talk show. Nothing I want to say on the air. Hmm? Nothing I want to say on the air. Nothing you want to say on the air, huh? You sure about the, Did you? Were you able to go to the Missouri football and basketball? How hard so, of a ticket is that for the kids to get? Um, not really that hard, but uh, their football team was really good. Basketball team was really good. Made the NCAA tournament. It was, a, it was a fun year of Missouri sports. Mm-hmm. So as a freshman, you don't have to, like, wait, you know, outside, miss classes for 48 hours and uh, get in line for tickets. It's it's a pretty easy get. Yeah. All right, cool. Surprisingly, yeah. Cool. And Missouri w- was being talked about, was it not, for uh, entering the Big Ten? Yeah. There was some? Uh, but money issues and they didn't want us mm-hmm. and... Something like that, but anyways. How about from your standpoint? You grew up a Big Ten guy, but now you're a Big 12 guy. Would you have liked to seen the Fighting Tigers join uh, the Big Ten and try to battle with stalwarts like Northwestern? I thought it would have been a great idea, but, you know, <laughs> hey, not my decision to make. So, uh, But you would have liked to seen that? Yeah. That's outstanding. 
Outstanding. Well, great to have you in the studio, JW fans, Jack Washer fan. Again, Big Dog off today. He'll be in tomorrow. You can dial it up. You can call Jack, ask him any sports questions, or if you want to bring up something from his past and embarrass him, you're more than welcome to do that as well. Phone lines are open, 888-463-6748. Again, 888-463-6748. The phone number real quick before we... I'm going to try to delay talking about baseball as long as we can. <laughs> you know, eventually, we're going to have to get to it. We'll talk sports and more here on the Two Guys in a Mic show. But uh, home from school, and you are working uh, on the golf course. Yeah, I'm a caddy at a Nolan Country Club in uh, nice. Lake Forest. Uh-huh. So. Is that open to the general public, or do you got to be a member? you got to be a member, ah. yeah. Yeah. I was going to invite some of our listeners to go down there. <laughs> Possibly, you know, get a foursome together and request. Get like eight different foursomes. They're all requesting Jack. They'll actually think you're important. Maybe get you a pay raise. <laughs> Speaking of which, what is the pay for caddies? Uh, my rate is a $35 flat rate. What plus... would be your rate? What do you set your own rate? Well, uh, A caddies. A caddies get a $35 flat rate. Okay. And then plus gratuity. The so. dreaded tip. Yeah. And the tips range from ten dollars to forty. Forty? Yeah. So forty or fifty would be a really generous tip. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. But you get to name your own rate. Like what do they got? All the caddies sitting sitting by with a card held up on how much they charge? No, well B caddies get thirty, flat rate, A's thirty five, and honors forty. So okay. I pictured a bunch of caddies all with their different <laughs> rates, you know, and the people coming in. Let's see, I'll take that guy for 25. Got 30, 35, 35, 35, 40. Do I hear 40, 45, 45, 50? I remember I had a teacher, uh, 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 Eeyore Katinsky was his name. <laughs> Soccer coach, and he was our Russian history teacher in high school. We called him Tsar. That was his nickname. Eeyore Katinsky, and he was a wacko. He got fired, I think, uh, maybe three or four years after we left school. The rumor was that, uh, they won a big soccer regional or something like that, and he brought champagne for the guys on the bus on the way back. <laughs> Not exactly the brightest thing for a teacher to do, but I still remember him telling me, uh, or telling the, the class, uh, Russian history, and uh, talking about how the prostitutes in Russia would hang around the train station, and they would have their feet propped up, and on the bottom of their shoe, they would have the rate. They would have their rate. 25, 40, 55, not as expensive as caddies, or probably more expensive than caddies. Right. Yeah. I would think. You know, if you got your choice between a caddy or a Russian prostitute, it's a tough call, but you know, <laughs> I don't know who tips better. That's the question. But the beautiful thing was, after giving us that little lesson in um, Russian current life, the next day we came to class, and the czar is sitting up. As we walk in, he's got his feet up on his desk, and he's got like a big 35 printed on the bottom of each shoe. <laughs> yeah. That's why I got fired a couple years later. Yeah. All right, 888-463-6748, the phone number, J.W. Jack Washer, rookie out of the University of Missouri, checking in via Nutrier High School, beautiful Winnetka, Illinois. Give us a call, talk some sports guy. Baseball to talk about. We also got, what, World Cup? World Cup. Wimbledon, we'll see how much yeah. homework you do. We got the College World Series. Let's start off real quick before we get into baseball. Again, I'm going to delay the baseball talk as long as we can. Uh, the World Cup, I don't know if you're a soccer guy or not, but it is the number one sport, number one event in the world. Of course, they call it football. Right, yeah. Uh, well, I'm a big USA fan, so, you know, anything they do. And I was actually out on the course yesterday while they were playing, came back in. Saw the highlights, was very impressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, there's been a lot of controversy with that team. You know, they are number one. I think they're number one in the world right now. Uh, 
from what they were telling me. That might me. be their ranking. I know they're not – I'm not sure how the rankings go. Yeah. You might be right, but they're not the favored team. Right. Um, but I think they were – like four years ago, uh, their goalie, I think her name is Hope Solo. Mm-hmm. They benched her in the semifinals after she won every game up until then for a veteran, I believe it, Brian Scurry. Right. And they lost four nothing, and she had a she just ripped out the coach afterwards, and she thought she was or everyone was like, "Are you ripping out your teammates right now?" And she completely denied that, and it, it was mm-hmm. true. If you listen to what you know, her interview she had with I don't know what, who she had it with, but. Um, then the coach kicked or didn't kick her off the team, but suspended her. She wasn't allowed to go to the third place game at all. Mm-hmm. Was not allowed to celebrate the bronze medal with her team, and she kind of like almost left soccer uh, after that year. Now she's the goalkeeper on well the number one team in uh, the world, but yeah, of course not the favorites. Yeah, she she is a very controversial figure. I think the statement that got her in trouble back then, uh, talking about the goalie of the United States team, Hope Solo, was that. She made some comment about, uh, yeah, I would have made that save yeah. on the second or third shot. So not only just disagreeing with the move, but actually calling out a teammate, which, of course, in team sports is a no-no. But she is, if the team does well, she will be marketed big time. Because she's oh, yeah. got, first of all, she's got the name, yeah. Hope Solo. She's got the look. Yeah. Uh, beautiful, but also, like, sharp edge. Those eyes could, like, stare a hole through a brick wall. Yeah. But you can just tell she she's got a little 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 uh, lightning rod in her, a little right. little little troublemaking her, no question about it. But she's rated the number one goalie in the world. Yeah. So she's tremendously talented. So yeah, she's gonna be fun to watch as is the U.S. team. Two nothing over North Korea, Jack. I know you followed North the development of the North Korean team. Were you surprised <laughs> to see them play so well in the first half? Well, we. Uh... And you, would you care to pronounce some of the players' names? I, I feel free I, to say no. I, I would not. Uh, no, we were actually having a funny conversation in the Caddyshack yesterday. Like, why is North Korea playing? I I didn't think they would participate in, you know, world sports like this. I thought they were, like, kept up in, you know, whatever Kim Jong-il was keeping them in. But mm-hmm. we were surprised to see them. And uh, they were talking to uh, the U.S., like, uh, at halftime. They're like, were you guys nervous, you know, going in 0-0? Like, no, not really. You know, we, we got... We got the momentum. We know a couple of shots are going to fall, and you know, of course, mm-hmm. and ten minutes into the second half, they got a goal, and then followed up by another goal, and there you go, two nothing. Yeah, well, they they should have been nervous, and and I would disagree with you. In one thing, they did not have the momentum. If you watch the game, the second half of the first half, the last fifteen twenty minutes of the first half, North Korea. I don't know if they were dominating, but clearly were taking the play to a somewhat uh, nervous United States defense. North Korean team played extremely well. Uh, Fell apart a little bit in the second half, but it was a good game, and um, U.S. wins it two nothing. You got a, three teams in the pool, so you got to go two and one, ideally three and zero oh to advance. But I, I, I know a lot of people are there aren't into soccer, Jack. I don't know. Uh, in our pre-production meeting, which lasted about ninety seconds, we didn't get into the depths of your soccer love. Uh-huh. But I'm telling you, the World Cup when I watch, there is something special about the World Cup. I really enjoy watching. Oh yeah, it's, it's I love watching the World Cup. You know, it's a little different uh, last year how we had the men's World Cup. Yep. And that was entertaining for me. You know, I think I watched close to every game except for the uh, 5 a.m. games they had because mm-hmm. it was in South Africa. But you know, that was a lot of fun to watch, especially how well the U.S. did and uh, how little people gave them a shot. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. You know, uh, we got a month of this, so. Mm-hmm. 
Looking forward to it. Got to set the DVR machine. Next game is uh, United States Saturday taking on Columbia, but the, the game was 10.45 yesterday morning. I taped it, watched the first half up until about 11.30 last night. Went to sleep, woke up about 6.15 this morning, nice hot cup of coffee. Kids are asleep upstairs. Wife is still sleeping. Nothing better than to watch second half of the World Cup in the peace and quiet of your own house in the morning with a nice hot cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it was just me and Hope Solo. Oh, no, I don't want to get into that. Uh, <laughs> but, no, it was a big win for the United States team, and they do take on Colombia on Saturday. I think Brazil was the favorite team they're playing today, but we'll cover the World Cup. In addition, David Olson, I don't know if you're aware or not, but Saturday is the beginning of another worldwide very famous event, the Tour de France. The Tour de France, and as you know, you recall from last year, much to your pain, David, we are the number one station that gives you stage-to-stage coverage of the Tour de France. We'll have highlights of each stage right here on the TalkZone.com. Looking forward to it. <laughs> By the way, where is the Tour de France being held this year, David? I have to check on that, but I think it's France somewhere. <laughs> I ask them that every year. <laughs> they haven't moved it? All right. Uh, they might have. Like I said, i got to look into that. See all the fun you've been missing, Jack? you got to come in the show more often. All right. I don't know. Are you a bicycle guy, Tour de France? It, it's sort of – Tour de France has become like an all-star game for doping agents. Yeah. That was just, that's, <laughs> I mean, you know, everyone's being uncovered for doping and yeah. you know, Lance Armstrong, that big controversy. Yeah. So It's kind of cool. I think you got like 110 of the top bicyclists, but now it's become so big for the doping agents, you've got like a, 150 of the top doping agents in the country. Oh, yeah. So it's, you know, it's like a convention. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, how close have you been following the Lance Armstrong stuff? Um, in a scale of 1 to 10, 3.5. Okay, so because I'm about a 1.5, but they're, they're saying what he was doing was switching out his blood every night. Is that correct? I'm not sure. That's, I, that's what I understand he was doing, or allegedly doing. But what was the recent controversy? They didn't... Oh, no, the, the controversy has been that a couple of teammates. Yeah, everybody. Every, a couple everybody, of his teammates called him out. Yeah, everybody's rolling over on him. Everybody's rolling over yeah. on him. Yeah. And he, of course, has is, is still denied it. Yeah, because never tested positive. Mm-hmm. So he's like, nope, I didn't do anything. Right. right. But, uh, but the thing I heard he was doing was he'd be giving himself a blood transfusion every night. Because, mm. you know, you don't have to. Your oxygen, <laughs> uh, new oxygenated blood. You're fresher. You're ready to go. Another great story. Another American hero, possibly down the tubes. We had uh, what the track star Marion. What was Marian her? Marion Jones. Yeah. Who you thought? You know, great American runner. You know, just a wonderful, wonderful woman, and she was cheating on it too. It gets depressing, Jack. Young kids like you probably. I take it harder. You've grown up into it. You almost probably at your age of your generation almost accepts it's as part of the game. Yeah, I mean, you know, I grew up during the steroid era of baseball. Uh, back when baseball was fun to watch, mm-hmm. you know, at least for me. And then, uh, yeah, now everyone's getting uncovered, you know. Everyone's hiding, you know. Uh, uh, Tora Belko, you know, that entire thing is gone. Uh, Barry Bonds is no longer considered the great player he was. And Were you yeah. young enough to follow the, uh, how old were you with, like, Sammy Sons, Sammy Sosa, <laughs> and Mark McGuire were doing their thing? I was like seven, but, you, you know. Get- do you remember it though and get caught yeah, up in a little bit, not much. Yeah, I remember Barry Bonds's uh, run. Yeah, yeah. You know, I actually, actually went to a couple games mm-hmm. at Wrigley Field where he hit a home run, and it was it was actually fun. You know, at the time, you know, thought this guy was great, and then discovered that 
he had bulked up a lot since his uh, rookie year. Uh-huh. Bulked up a lot. Yeah. yeah. And the shame about Barry is he was a Hall of Famer before he started doping. Yes. Yep. And yep. he just it, it threw all that out the window. Yep. Yeah, just uh, yeah, forget about the dope. He was an incredible raw talent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, at the University of Missouri in the uh, intramural program, which you play in the B-League, after averaging six, six and a half points a game, do they do any kind of drug testing? And were you brought in at any point for urine samples or the like well, at the University of Missouri for intramurals? Again, the B-League. Well, thank God, no. Um, we, were, we were all crossing our fingers, me and this other guy, we... Crossing our fingers, okay. you know. Fortunately, they picked the two biggest guys on our team. We weren't. We were just at the beginning <laughs> of our stages, you know. We, we didn't. The finished product okay. wasn't there yet, so thank God. You haven't found that good masking agent just yet, huh? No. Right. Still looking. Beautiful. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Phone lines open. JW and the coach with you right up until eleven o'clock. You're talking sports and more. Women's World Cup. The Tour de France coming at you. I don't know if you followed the College World Series, but the South Carolina yeah. did win last night. I did not watch yesterday's game. I watched two nights ago. But they are the back to back defending champions. Go game. Did you watch last night? I did not. I was actually at the Cubs game last night. Ah, um, you were at but the game. I watched the game two nights ago. It was Probably the best defense I think I've ever seen before, you know. Yeah. In the clutch, you know, ninth, tenth inning, when when the game counts, you know, you know, uh, bases loaded, nobody out, make two unbelievable plays, uh, get out of the inning. Then I think tenth inning, the guy threw a guy out at home. Yep. And then you end up winning it the next inning. You know, just a great story. You know. Proving that they are indeed the back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They weren't uh, dominant. No. They, they didn't run through teams, beating teams like 8 to nothing, 9 to one They won on games like you're talking about. But their streak in the College World Series is down. I think they've won something like 14, 13 or 14 games in a row. Now, that doesn't sound that amazing, but think about it. College World Series, you know, regionals, super regionals, they're like no margin for error. Right. Every game is a huge game. It's like playing a... NFL, I won't call it a Super Bowl, but a NFL playoff game or championship game, and they've won 13 in a row, maybe 14 in a row. Unbelievable streak for South Carolina. You know, winning when it counts. You know, that's yep. defines great teams. You know, uh, I don't know what be a, find a way. Yeah, you know, good example Patriots. You know, except with the exception of when they were actually really good. You know, won every game in the regular season, every game in the postseason, and mm-hmm. lost that Super Bowl game. You know, they would always see the you know. Get maybe the two or three seed and then just blow by teams in the playoffs, you know, just proving that they are that dominant force in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, you know. South Carolina back-to-back champs. You mentioned um, uh, you alluded to the New England Patriots, brought up football real quick, thought I'd ask you, the young kid, maybe you've got some insights, Jack. Uh, the NFL Players Association and, of course, the owners have been doing lots of meetings. I think they're meeting again today after a couple of days off. But any insights you might have on when the players or if – the players will go back to a training camp and begin football practice. Well, I think they got to, you know, uh, the owners and the players, you know, sooner or later they're, they got to say, well, you know, we got to get a deal done. You know, this is, this will hurt the sport, uh, you know, significantly. Fans want to see them play. The players want to play. And I know the owners want to play. And it's just a matter of time before one of them just comes to their senses and agrees on something, you know, cause. But who's yeah. going to give in? That's, that's the big part. I feel the players will eventually give in, you know, because, you know, they they, they booted the lawyers out of this because mm-hmm. I feel, uh, I think they thought that the they weren't making any progress with them because the, uh, the lawyers would just bicker back and forth. Anytime you can boot lawyers out of any situation, I go double thumbs up on that. Yeah. So, you know, and then 
they're having these secret private meetings. You know, we don't know where, mm-hmm. and they're having enough of them where you feel like progress is being made, and you know they want to get the season you know started on time. So I think it, you know you chop away at each end, boom, 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 boom. You're getting close. You're getting close. But there's that there's that critical mass area in the middle where you know somebody has to give. Somebody has to give in, and I think that is where the struggle is. I liken it a little bit now to uh, to like politics. I mean, what you said about the two groups is everything is right about it, and it's logically correct. And you say the same thing about you know our economy now, where you know the Republicans on one side, the Democrats on the other side. Hey, our country is in major problems right now. We got a huge deficit. You know, the two parties have to come together, and we got to find a way. And it all sounds good. But in reality, again, you can chop away easy on the outskirts. There's that chunk in the middle where, you know, it sounds good that we have to come to an agreement for the better of the American people or in the case of football. But somebody actually has to give in on some critical issues. And I think that is where the meat and potatoes of the issue come. And nobody wants to, to give on those key issues. Yeah. And, you know, it, you know, it's just a matter of time, you know, and everyone's blaming, I think, Roger Goodell on this, but, they were talking yesterday. Uh, he has no say in this. You know, he doesn't vote at all. If when they uh, vote on a new collective bargaining agreement, he's just there to uh, hear out everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, give his opinion. But he doesn't. He doesn't vote at all. He has no say in whether this gets passed or not. So, David, any chance? Uh, feel free to say no. That we are getting Roger Goodell in on today's show. No chance. Any chance we've got a member of uh, ex-Chicago White Sox midget who came up to bat the very famous Eddie Goodell, any of his relatives coming on today's show? They're on the way. They're stuck in traffic, though, so they might not make it here by 11. Any chance we're going to get Larry Goodell, who's the custodian on the first floor, does a heck of a job keeping the cafeteria clean? Any chance we can get Larry Goodell on? Uh, We asked, but he politely declined our request. (laughs) Smart ass. Uh Thank you very much. At least he politely declined, Jack. Yeah. Our show is gaining notoriety because in the past, when we would call guests, they would decline, but they'd do it in a rude, crude, and uncouth manner. Mm-hmm. So now, our show, we are reaching new heights. People are still declining to be interviewed, but they're doing it politely. I good. consider that a step up. That's good. <laughs> well, I think it was politely because I don't speak Chechnyan. Oh. So. <laughs> God bless you. Oh, goodness. All right. And if you notice, I'm trying to avoid baseball here, but I'm going to get to it in a second. I'm going to make sure. I... Oh, Wimbledon. Wimbledon. Don't know if you're a tennis guy or not, but uh, the 125th running of the Wimbledon tennis tournament. The women are down to their final four, the men down to the final eight. I've watched, I'll admit, very, very little. I don't know if you're a fan or not, but uh, big tournament, and we're down to the nitty-gritty. You know, it's fun to watch uh, Nadal and Federer and, you know, everyone Everyone in England loves Andy Murray, you know, the local guy. They always want him to win, but, you know, I feel he just never... Never makes it to that final stage, you know. Never when all eyes are on him, you know. Uh, not, but, all eyes. <laughs> not all Joel, eyes. My partner Joel's eyes are consistently on Maria Sharapova. I, she is my favorite to uh, win the women's. You know yeah. now. You know, I, I like, Believe me, all eyes are not on Andy Murray. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's a great tournament to watch because you know you watch like somebody like Rafael Nadal or Roger Federer who's. It just the shots that they hit is just yeah. unbelievable. I don't know how they do it, you know. I, you're right. I don't watch a lot of tennis, but boy, when you do watch them, those two guys in particular, their athleticism, yeah, yeah power, hand-eye coordination, quickness. Athlete, use the word athleticism. Just amazing to watch. I don't watch it enough, but when I do, it is it, those those two in particular are incredible. Oh, yeah, and the endurance they have to endure, you know, uh, 
you know, right now, you know, whoa, I think Federer just lost, actually. Lost? He just lost. I think you're right. Is that Joe Wolford's song of my guy? That is. He is, he is. Is that Joe Wolford? Yeah. Wow. He is excited. But, uh, you know, not to take anything away from Federer now, but, you know, I mean, he dominated the sport for you know, six or seven years, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, Nadal has kind of taken it back a little bit, but, you know, he's everyone's still afraid to play Roger Federer, you know. You got Novak Djokovic, who's no, yeah. probably make. Is that I pronounce that correct? I think it's. It might be Djok- Djokovic. Djokovic. Um, yeah, Djokovic. But there, you almost have to put him in the team picture. Oh yeah, right yeah, him, Djokovic. You know, Zalga. He's been. You know, he hasn't been you know at the top for a while, but you know, he always gives Federer, Nadal. He always mm-hmm. gives him a run, and you know, it's proven now he can finally beat him. And. Yeah. On the women's side, they're down to the final four. Me and Joel always say on the women's side, if you're going to bet, bet the over. Uh, yesterday, there were eight women with the last name ending in Ova. Uh, I'm sorry, there were eight left. Four were Ovas. Now they're down to the semifinals. There's only two Ovas left. Ooh. So yeah. it's almost, it's almost, it's you know, the operating over until the, uh, the Ova sings. I totally butchered that up. <laughs> but uh, there's two Ovas left, including your personal favorite, Maria Sharapova, but also Petra Kivitovova. Whoa. God bless you. <laughs> She is still in the final four. All right, so a little uh, late breaking or uh, early. Normally, we're like the ninth or tenth station to report it. We might have been the first radio slash internet station to report it. Roger Federer, six time, six time JW, six time Wimbledon champion, knocked off by Joe Wilfred Songa. Yeah, you know, uh, won't be a Nadal Federer final, so you know it might be the mm-hmm. uh, or the opportunity for Andy Murray to finally get into that final. You know. Uh, I was kind of hoping to see maybe Andy Roddick to get to the finals, but he you know, he was out early. Again, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's unfortunate to see him struggle in the major tournaments, you know, because I've always liked him. He's always been a, you know, a, a favorite of mine. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, American tennis. I feel you know, no one ever, no one stepped up since uh, you know Pete Sampras left the game. You know, arguably mm-hmm. the best player ever in tennis. You mean Joe Wilfred Songa is not uh, not American? Not the last time I okay. checked, but yeah. <laughs> Thought maybe we'd have a shot. <laughs> All right, we'll cover uh, Wimbledon tomorrow and Friday to bring up some different sports, little titillating tidbits, news and notes as we are wont to do. Let's get to some baseball action. One-hour sports talk show here. You can't mess around, Jack. Got to get to a lot of stories. You, on behalf of the TalkZone.com and the two guys at a mic show, you were covering the game for our station. I was not aware of it, but you were there yesterday. Now, I know they played a day and a night game. Were you at both? I was at the night game. At the night game. I was covering the game from the bleachers. Ah, very good. Uh Great seats, you know. Uh, no one hassled me, mm-hmm. you know. I was wearing all my talk zone gear and didn't hassle me, so I, it, was, it was nice and comfortable, right. you know. Good game up until fifth inning, I want to say. Uh, fly ball to center field. Reed Johnson makes a catch for the second out. Throws home. Great throw. Bang, bang play. Soto catches it, tags him. Ump waits a second. Calls him out. Another second, calls him safe. You know, I'm from the bleachers. I can't. It's tough to see because everyone went crazy, jumped up. We all thought he was out. I saw the highlights. Apparently, he dropped the ball, and you know, I watched it over and over again. You know, and it was about it was like a couple, two, three seconds after he tagged him, mm-hmm. um, called him out, 
and then you know a second later he saw he dropped the ball. And I, I kind of saw you know I did actually stopwatched it. It was like two point seven from the time he you know it looked like he caught it to where he tagged it to where the, I saw the ball on the ground. And I don't know where the rule is, you know what the rule is on that, but uh, I thought he I thought he should have been out, you know, tagged him and then called him out, and then as Soto was going away, he dropped the ball. Cost the Cubs about four other runs or five runs. And I didn't see it from the sounds of it. It sounds like the umpires got it wrong. Right. Well, but on the other hand, we lose the game thirteen to seven. No, I'm sorry, that was the first game, six to three. So it was a critical play, but. Bottom line is you got to be able to overcome. You do, yes. Stuff like that. But it definitely, well, it gave them another out, and yeah. they took full advantage of that. And you know, you know, unfortunately, the Cubs have been, you know, their starting rotation hasn't been healthy. They've had, they've had to bring in two guys to pitch for them. You know, Rodrigo Lopez, Doug Davis. Not really. They're okay, in my opinion. You know, they're not great. Mm-hmm. You know, they never will be. It was you know. not when you started the year with uh, optimistic aspirations. Mike Quade is the head coach. Cubs talking about a little turnaround season. They did not envision on a June 28th doubleheader game to have a Rodrigo Lopez and a Doug Davis as their two pitchers. Yeah. In and fact, I don't even think they knew who those two guys were. At the, I mean, they weren't on the roster at the start no, of the season. Not at all. And, you know... I feel it all starts at the top. You know, you got to get rid of Jim Hendry. You know, as he br- tried to bring in Doug Davis, that hasn't turned out well. Rodrigo Lopez, that hasn't turned out well. You know, we're you're wasting money that we could be spending on somebody else. You know, you know, fresh talent. Uh, you know, bringing Soriano in, paying him way too much. Fukudome paying him way too much. You know, I I, I know at the time both of those guys were. You know, great. You know, we thought big things out of them, yep. but you know, we could, we got Soriano. You know, I, me and my friend were talking last night. Soriano, we bought him after the his forty forty year, but you know, think about it. Who's going to keep up a forty forty? You know, that's really tough to do. Yeah, the, the every signing, year. the signing of Soriano was not a bad move, and you bring up a good point. Now, let us remember all those jaded Cub fans out there just want to criticize, criticize, criticize. I'm not saying that's you. That uh, at the time. Oh, no, that when was he it. signed Alfonso Soriano, it was, yeah, the Tribune finally spending some money. Jim Henry, way to come through. We got the big guy. The problem was, and the problem with not just this one, but don't sign guys for eight- or nine-year long-term contracts. Yeah. It's a mistake. Or don't pay them. You know, they're paying them $19, $20 million a year. Ridiculous. You don't, you don't need to. I mean, you know, uh, you know, I feel like they should pay it, you know, you know like three- or four-year contracts and then – if you're doing well enough, we'll give you an extension plus a raise, you know, prove yourself, you know. You know, uh, you set the bar way too high and, you know, they underperform, then you're stuck with them. And, you know, unfortunately that's the case right now. Uh, but. Cubs lose both games. It really wasn't a doubleheader, but it was two games in one day, day, night, whatever you want to call it. 13-7 in game one, 6-3 to three in game two. San Francisco Giants who've... Uh, since Buster Posey's been injured, have kind of been on a bumpy road. Some good, some bad, some good, some bad. Now they're on a upswing courtesy of the Chicago Cubs. Our uh, good partner here, Jack Washer, was drinking beer in the bleacher. I mean, uh, covering the game for the TalkZone.com last night. We much appreciate the extra effort, Jack, passing up probably uh, a high-paying catting job or a couple of high-quality dates to cover the game for us. Wrigley Field, paint a picture now. They lost the day game. Beautiful night. 
Beautiful night. Atmosphere-wise, fans into the game, paint yeah. a picture of... Uh, well, I was actually around a lot of Giants fans. There was a considerable or a significant amount of Giants fans in, around me and in the bleachers. And, you know, it was, you know, normally I picture the bleachers, you know, a lot of, a lot of Cubs fans there, um, a lot of Cubby blue, but, you know, it's a lot of orange last night. Interesting. Yeah. That's not yeah. good. Uh, walk-up tickets or did you have tickets in advance? I had tickets in advance. Very nice. So... Uh, is the bleacher still reserve seating? No, that's general admission. Really? Sit where you want. Wow. I kind of like that. Uh-huh. It's about the fourth row up, or no, seventh row up in the left center bleachers, you know? So. Very nice. Very. Uh, I went to a Cub game a couple of weeks ago. I think Big Dog was there yesterday, right, David? No, today. Today he's at the game. Big Dog is at the game today. But, you know, people keep talking, Jack, about, you know, uh, the Cubs will never win at Wrigley Field. They got to redo Wrigley Field. It's a, you know, it's a pit and they got to, it's old fashioned. They got to change it, tear it down, whatever. I don't know. You know, when I was there a week and a half ago, two weeks ago for a game, night game like you, I still think it's a beautiful part. Oh, it is. Yeah. And they fixed up, you know, the bathrooms a little bit. The concession stand's getting a little bit better. It's, it's still a beautiful place to play. I don't think that's the problem with the Cubs, Wrigley Field. Oh, no, it's not at all. I mean, you know, it's the same for both teams. You know, it's not like the big, the, uh, the teams that come in to play the Cubs, you know, they had the advantage, you know, because you know, the Cubs play there more than they do. So they, they know all the, uh, you know, little bumps and kicks that, you know, the, the wall produces and all the little bounces. So it's not the stadium for one, you know, it's the players that you bring in, you know, it's, you know, <laughs> You know, Soriano, like, we, we come right back to that. You know, we're stuck with him, but, you know, uh, you know, Jim Henry, you know, he made one good move. We talked about this. I was like, in his tenure at, as a Cubs general manager, he has made, in my opinion, one good move. That was the Aramis Ramirez trade, mm-hmm. that 2003 year, you know, when they had that magical year, uh, and traded, I don't know who they, I forgot who they traded away, but that was the one good move, in my opinion, that he, has made, you know, and I'm not saying the Soriano was a bad move. Parts of it were good, parts of it were bad. You know, signing him to eight years. Don't give long term contract, and that goes for coaches as well, by the way. Yeah, you know, the the longest any contract should be is three or four years. Yeah, you know, don't don't try to predict out that far. It's just you're asking for trouble. Yeah, and if a guy doesn't want to come for that amount of money for you know three or four years, all right, thank you very much. We'll go to the next guy. Uh, 888-463-6748. Baseball fans out there, Cub fans, Jack Washer fans, Missouri fans, whatever it might be, give us a call and dial it up, talk some sports and more. Two guys at a mic show on the talkzone.com. Again, 888-463-6748. You can send us an email to it, mike2guys at aol.com. And that's M-I-C as a microphone and the number two, mike2guys, aol.com. We'll read some of the emails over the air. Uh, Jack, I've mentioned and in Joel's kind of an agreement that we are very much for the Cubs going to the young roster. You know, I, and, and I hope they bring up Tyler Colvin sooner than later. I'd love to see him play a lot. Uh, you know, obviously Darwin Barney, outstanding. Starlin Castro. I like this DJ LeMayu kid. Louis Montanez had a home run yesterday. Play the young kids. Yeah. Intersperse the veterans in there, but you know, the rest of the way, play the young kids. I'd like to see it, and we may not win a championship, but I think they'll be fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, they actually just sent, I think, DJ LeMahieu down, yep. brought up a young reliever. So, you know, I guess, you know, swap young for young. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barney, I think, comes back today. Love Darwin Barney. Uh, Marlon Bird, who 
has been absent for a month. Yep. Comes back Sunday. Uh, they said Kerry Wood might come back next week. You know, I always like watching Kerry Wood pitch. You know, that ever since he, uh, that 20 strikeout game, he's always been a fan favorite. People have never really, never really gotten off the Kerry Wood bandwagon, and, at least in my opinion. Yeah, and so. he's been a good guy. Yeah. So the Chicago fans like him. Not the greatest pitcher, but, but good. And he's just a, a good guy. He's easy to root for. Yeah. Um, Jeff Samarja. You know, he throws hard. Figured it out this year. I I was ready to, uh, you know, have the Chicago Bears draft Jeff Samarja as a free agent going back to his wide receiver days. But uh, you know what? He figured it out this year. He's become a decent pitcher. Yeah. uh, Last night, you know, the first pitch he threw, look up at the radar, goes 99 miles an hour. I'm like, wow, where did did that come from? (laughs) Yeah. You know, if he can do that every time, you know, he pitched, I think, two innings, dominant in both innings. You know, that's that's the kind of bullpen we need, you know. We don't need, you know, I, you got to get rid of John Grabo. He needs to go. You know, he's, James Russell needs to go. You know, I don't know what, you know, Jim Henry saw in them. You know, the fact that we made James Russell a starter for two, three weeks, mm-hmm. you know, that you know, my opinion, I was like, that's a guaranteed loss every time he goes on the mound. He's good for maybe an inning. Well, that now, was one of their problems this year is that right off the bat, their four or five pitchers went down, and arguably the way Andrew Kashner was pitching, he could have been one of their top couple of pitchers. Those guys went down, and unfortunately, you can blame Henry, blame whoever you want the replacements. You alluded to one of them, James Russell, Casey Coleman, they brought a young kid up. Yeah. Then they went to the veterans. The replacements have not been able to do the job. That's really hurt. Right. I don't, you know, Jeff Samarja, he was a starter in college. Why not try him out, Olivia, a little bit, you know? They've done that. Yeah, they had done that in the past. You know, why not try it again this yeah, year? You know? I can give you a why not. They've done it in the past. He hasn't been successful. They finally found an area where he's kind of comfortable in. Do you take him out of that comfort zone? I mean, it works both ways. Right. Tough yeah. call. It is true. So, uh, but yeah, you know, it's tough with injuries, you know, especially to the starting rotation. You know, you hope that group can stay together healthy for the entire year. You know, Phillies, uh, just lost Roy Oswald till August. So they did. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I think he tore a muscle in his back or something. So, you know, but then again, they have Cliff Lee, Roy Halladay, Cole Hamels, you know, arguably, well, not arguably, they have the best pitching staff in the majors. Yeah, you know, no questions. Yeah. You know. Yeah, one thing we're finding out about the uh, Chicago Cubs, Mike Quade was the manager the last third of the year last year. He's finding out it's a lot harder to win when the games count early on. Yeah. Than it is that last third of the season when the pressure's off the players. And I'm fully behind Mike Quade, but it is interesting how it, it, it's a lot tougher when you're still in it and the games count than that last third of the season when you're kind of relaxed and you realize you can't win the championship. Chips off the shoulder a little bit. You can play a little bit looser. Well, yeah, I'm I'm not blaming Quaddy at all. You know, he's done a great job. I think yeah, this I like year him. with all the all the injuries he's had to do, bringing mm-hmm. guys up quickly. You know, getting them you know familiar with you know the major leagues. You know, we got three or four new guys just coming up. You know, we weren't expecting to call them up till September. They're being brought up early May. You know, uh, you know, you know. Uh, I'm trying to think. You know, they had that eight game losing streak. You know. It was a really trying time for this team. Uh, you know, and then Barney goes down. You know, they start to win and Barney goes down. You know, you have Marlon Byrd, probably, you know, the catalyst, you know, the, 
the energizer of this team. Yeah, he goes other, down. Other teams have had injuries too, so I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not playing that card at all. But you know, <laughs> I say it every year. The Cubs need a new bullpen, or they need a more consistent bullpen. You know, they need to find those four or five guys they can pitch. Mm-hmm. You know, interchangeably. You know, yep. I feel our motto all year, David Olson. I don't know if we can still go with it, but uh, Chicago Cub baseball. Don't worry, it's only April. <laughs> I'm going to stick with that. Even though we're heading into the July 4th weekend, yeah. I'm going to stick with, don't worry, it's only April. Don't panic. <laughs> I, th- I feel like we're going to come out of it, and next year, Jack, next year could be our year. Could be the year. <laughs> Wait till next year. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, by the way, any chance in deference to your loyalty to the Cubs and a brand-new manager, Mike Quadda, that you will shave your head as you head back for your sophomore year of college? Probably right before I go, yeah. I like See I like the, the short hair, you know. Yeah. Especially in Missouri, it gets well, hot. It gets hot down there. Even, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, but loyalty, you know, it's it's a way of uh, gathering. Maybe on the show, we'll do it together. <laughs> well, and Big Dog already's got the head shaved in honor of Mike Quade. So you know, hey, people are jumping off the bandwagon. It's guys like you and me, J Dub, that we got to stick with the program. And I think there's no better way than uh, shaving the head. You head back to Missouri or. Roommates will see your friends if you still have any. They'll, I'm sure, <laughs> welcome you back with open arms. <laughs> they won't get anywhere near you, but they'll welcome you back with open arms yeah. symbolically, anyways. Oh. All right, we are more than Chicago Cub baseball, folks. We are uh, baseball round them up, wrap them up. We cover all the different teams out there, real quick. Our Chicago White Sox knocked off yesterday, 13 innings, three to two. Jack, there's a ball club. That uh, is just close to getting back in it, but they can't seem to get over the hump. Snake, but again, they're in a little mini losing streak now. Three out of four, three to two and thirteen yesterday. Tough defeat for the beloved Sox. Well, you know, uh, you know, this is just one part of the uh, Sox team, but they were talking about how Adam Dunn he's struggling this year. You know, he's already hit a hundred strikeouts. Wow. And they were talk they were talking yesterday, the three you know outcome hitter you know. Strikeout, walk, home run. He, he's been that for a long time. But they're talking, well, as soon as you stop becoming a home run hitter and you're just a strikeout hitter, you know, you come, you, you, uh, you eliminate one of those outcomes, just strikeout or walk, come pretty ineffective, you know. People aren't afraid to go after you. They know you're going to swing at everything, mm-hmm. you know. It's, it's, it's from a uh, human sympathy slash condition standpoint, it's become almost painful to watch. Yeah. So, you know, I, mean, I don't know Adam Dunn. I mean, I, you know, I watched him play. He was a great hitter and stuff. I don't know him personally, but it is, you, you almost feel for the guy. I mean, he's making millions and millions of dollars, but it, it is painful to watch him up to bat right now because he's got no clue. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, you know, they knew that he was going to strike out, you know, a little bit, but they thought he was going to hit more than I think. I don't even think he has 10 home runs yet. I thought, they, you know, he's going to be our power hitter, you know, but he's going to strike out, but we expect him to hit. 35, 40 home runs for us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, unfortunately, he's not doing that. And it's almost looking like it was a bust. White Sox lose it 3-2 to two in the 13th inning. I didn't see it, but apparently a Troy Tulowitzki on first base. Base hit to the outfit, a little bit of a blooper with two outs, and Tulowitzki comes all the way home. Credit the third base coach for waving him in. Again, I did not see the play way past my bedtime, but dramatic win in 13 for Colorado and uh, just kind of the story of the White Sox season. Apparently Brent Lillibridge maybe played it a little bit too safe on that play. I don't know if you saw it or not. I did not, but you know, uh, I always found with you know base running, if you're, you don't hesitate, you put your head down, you just watch your coach, you know, mm-hmm. more, you know, nine times out of ten, you're probably going to be safe wherever he sends you because 
he's watching the play. You know, he doesn't have to run anywhere. As long as you're just running full speed, never looking at the play, you know, you should be good. And, you know, you know, if you're aggressive and you got a little speed to you, that always helps. Uh, Tony Campana, probably Woo! one of my favorite young guys. You know, he is, he is quick. He is quick. He, he looks like he's, goodness. looks like he's 15, but he is quick. Lenny Casper had the, uh, the Cubs announcer had the best expression for Tony Campana. He said, he makes the 90 feet between bases look awful short. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can get from one base to another awfully, awfully quick. I like that kid. He can be, he can be a piece. He could, yeah. I definitely see a future. Yeah. In the Cubs organization. You know, I don't think you want him starting every day. No. But, but uh, as a fifth outfielder. Yeah. Guy gets injured. He can start three, four games in a row. Pinch runner. He makes things happen. He's exciting. Fans like him, and uh, he does look like he's about 15 years he old. Does, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. He was. Uh, he came in yesterday. Uh, like eighth inning, maybe, or I'm not sure. And uh, just looks so little out there, you know. You know, you, know, uh, you look at Soriano on left. You know, he's taller. He's not as big. You know, he's pretty big. But and then you look at uh, who's in right? Uh, like Fukudome came in, and then you see a little little guy, Tony Campana, like five foot eight, just out there. But you know, that's a perfect position for him. Center field could cover, probably get the left center, right center. You know, pretty quickly. You know, uh, you know, exciting. You know, the Cubs. Starling Castro, probably one of the best young guys I think I've ever seen. He's only 21 years old. He's in over 300. You know, I like Darwin Barney better, by the way. Darwin Darwin Barney, yes, he's a better fielder. Starling Castro Solid. is a, a uh, an adventure to watch him field a ground ball yes. and make the throw. Yep. You know, it's always which is not what you want. No, you want to feel like sure. You want to feel. I feel like I'm watching a high school game with Starling Castro. Yes. Or you expect him to pick it up, but there's that worry. Yeah. And, you know, I always say, you know, he's 21, he, he'll learn. But, you know, hopefully he learns sooner than later because, you know, I would like to see him and Barty, you know, that, that'd be a great, you know, second-base shortstop I, combo. I said early on, Mike, well, the one one of the few things I think Mike Quade has done wrong, and I'm a big supporter of Quade, is messing around with that batting order. They were winning when Castro was leading off and Barney second up. As far as I'm concerned, the next three years, you could write in Starlin Castro leading off, Darwin Barney second up, and I'd be a happy man. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and yep. check their record. I guarantee when those guys are batting one two, their record is a lot better than it is when they mess around with that. Yeah. You know, he's always he's always trying to find that combination. You know, you know those eight guys who can put in the lineup. You know, the pitcher you know, changes every day. I, I, I so. like the way he rotates players and, you know, doesn't have the, the set lineup, gets different guys in the game, especially with the injuries they've had. They've done a nice job of that, so I'm in full support of that. I think we just missed the bloop shot that uh, brought Tulowitzki in. But uh, So I, I think that's a good move, but where I don't think is, or where I disagree with him is I think he should have left him in the 1-2 spot, Yeah, those two particular players in general. Hey, real quick, you mentioned Philadelphia. How about the series going on Philadelphia and Boston? Maybe a preview of the World Series, arguably the two most talented teams. I think if it did come to a World Series between these teams, Jack, one of the better matchups that we would ever have, the great hitting of the Boston Red Sox, the great pitching of Philadelphia, what a series it would be. Yesterday, Philadelphia 5, Boston 0. It was defense over offense yesterday, and the hero, the hero was Cliff Lee, who pitched brilliantly. Yeah, well, you know, defense, pitching, that's going to win you a championship, you know. You know, as good as the Red Sox are, they got power one through nine. You know, everybody can hit on that team. You know, playing that great Fenway Park. You know, it's always nice. You know, uh, Adrian Gonzalez uh, has taken advantage of that green monster. 
you know, considerably. And the nice thing is, too, Philadelphia, known for its pitching, it's got some pretty good hitters. Oh, it's got some, obviously. Yeah. Chase and Boston, there. known for their great hitting, they got some pretty good pitchers, too. So yeah. I, I think if it came down to it, it would be an awesome seven-game series. Care to oh, make yeah. a prediction uh, about three months potentially in advance? I would see, you know, if, they, if that happened. Seven games, say Oswald yeah. was healthy. Yeah, Oswald healthy. Even with Oswald healthy, you know, they got Lee and Halliday, the two best pitchers in the game. My opinion, you know, they're just dominant every year and consistent. Yeah, dominant, consistent. The guys you want on the mound, you know, every time. Uh, so I would say I would give the uh, Phillies those games. I'm thinking the it's it's going to be uh, Phillies have the home field advantage, and then the Red Sox are going to win both games in Boston. Now, I don't know. Do they do the two three two? Boy, in the World Series, I can't remember. Yeah, I haven't watched World Series in a while, so. But let's just say they do the two, three, two. The boss is going to win. It's going to go to the game seven. I feel. Oof. And I feel, uh, it's going to be Cole Hamels. You know, the guy who was. Yeah, they'd bring back the number three guy, but the, they'd have Halliday in reserve. They would have Hall- right? Yeah, they would have your Halliday or Lee, whoever is more fresh, <clears throat> just in case he struggles. And but I feel the Phillies end up winning that game seven. It would be a really, really fun World Series to watch if those two teams were in it. Yeah, yeah, I would look forward to that in advance. And uh, yeah, obviously rooting for my Cubs and Sox, but if those two teams could make it, that would be good stuff. We got a preview, anyways, in Game One. Philadelphia knocked them off five to nothing. Tampa Bay defeated Cincinnati four to three. The Devil Ray, or I guess they're just the Rays now. Jack nine of their last eleven. Evan Longoria walk off home run. Tampa Bay celebrates. David Price struck out twelve players. The uh, everybody talks about the Red Sox and the Yankees, but the Rays are playing great baseball. They always have great young talent, and you know they got their, that young talent is actually becoming. You know, good major league talent. You know, they got rid of their, you know, one of their best players, Carl Crawford, uh, got rid of Matt Garza. He's on the Cubs. Carlos Pena is on the Cubs, but you know, they continue to fill guys in there and, you know, continue to have a, a successful year. You know, they have one of probably my favorite Cubs ever, Sam Fold. Great defensive yep. player. Early in the season, he was playing at an all-star level. Yeah. And, you know, he, He's just probably the best left fielder I think I've ever, you know, well, actually, you know, he yeah. plays left field, he plays right field, you know, gives it his all every time. You know, you know, Reed Johnson kind of reminds me. Yep. You know, I think Sam Fulton's a younger Reed Johnson. Yeah, you, know. you win with those kind of guys. Yeah, you know, you know, gives it their all, you know, no matter what. You know, willing to, you know, go that extra step, you know. And those are guys, you know, you love to watch play. And, you know, unfortunately the Cubs had to get rid of him. Price they had to pay to get Matt Garza. Now, I was, you know, Watching Matt Garza this year, you know, I think he's pitched pretty well. You know? Solid. You know, he hasn't had the run support. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at his ERA, you look at his record, probably should have a couple more wins, but he doesn't. You know, I feel that's not the reason the Cubs are losing because they got there, they gave up so much to get Matt Garza. So, uh, but. Uh, we'll see. They knocked off the Reds, so Cincinnati continues to, uh, Battle mediocrity in year two or year three, I think, under Dusty Baker. New York Mets beat Detroit 14 to three. Big win for the Mets. Grand slams for Jason Bay and Carlos Beltran and Jose Reyes, uh, uh, Jackster. Jose Reyes four for four yesterday. He's arguably the MVP of the National League right now. Well, 15 triples already. Wow. Uh, you know, Sarah Castro, another triple SI, he has seven. I was like, wow, that's a lot. 15. You know, that's a triple is tough to do, especially, with a couple of the parks we have, you know, that are only like 
320 to, you know, right field corner. So that's where you normally, you know, you try to get your triples. You know, you hit it down that right field line and, you know, because it's longer from the right field. To a lot of guys base. don't get 15 triples. A lot of guys don't get 15 triples in a career. Yeah, much less. He's got it in one, less than one half a season. Yeah, and, you know, the Mets spend enough money, you know, on their players. You know, it's New York. You're going to you're gonna have that money. And, you know, Carlos Beltran starting to play well. Mm-hmm. Jason Bay. I mean, he had one good game, you know. I feel the Mets were looking for more out of him. You know, he hasn't you know, really proven to himself, you know, to be that, you know, multi-million dollar player. I like the fact they had two grand slams yesterday. And again, you want to talk some baseball with the coach and the rookie, eight 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 four six three six seven four eight Phone lines open, but you better jump in now. Show over in about six, seven minutes here. Again, eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. The Mets apparently had not, as a team, hit a Grand Slam homer since August of 2009. So almost a two-year drought, and then in back-to-back innings in the same game yesterday. Oh. Jason Bay hits a Grand Slam. Carlos Beltran hits a Grand Slam. It's like apparently when it rains, it pours. Yeah, like I guess, you know, the expression they're due. Well, they yeah. were they were due for a couple and jumped all over uh, Tiger pitching. You know, who knows about the Detroit Tigers this year? You know, probably one of actually another great pitcher. You know, Justin Verlander turning into one of the most dominant pitchers yep. in you know the major leagues. You know, right up there with Halliday and Lee. You know, he throws a lot harder too. So. Tigers, I think, still a game up over Cleveland. Cleveland got knocked off yesterday by Arizona, six to four. Another walk off homer, ninth inning by uh, your guy Jack Willie Mopena. Willie Mopena always liked Willie Mo with the big biceps, didn't, right? Didn't think he was still in baseball, but you know Willie Mopena with a walk off home run. He's still uh, unless it's Willie Mopena Jr. Well, who knows? But you know, I remember him. You never have too many Willie Mopenas. Yeah, I remember he was on you know, Reds. Every, always hearing his name uh, on Pat Hughes announcing his name, he'd be like Willie Mo Pena. <laughs> really emphasize we were, that uh, name. Me and my wife, uh, way back when, that was a finalist for the name of our uh, second son. <laughs> it was going to be Jim, Patrick, David, or Willie Mo. Willie Mo came down to those four. I thought Willie Mo Cohen would have had a. I guarantee his little league career would have been more successful. Oh yeah, if he would just the name Willie Mo Cohen would have. Intimidated some pitchers out there. Oh yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been great at the breast, too. <laughs> Please welcome in Willie Mo Cone. Uh, Minnesota knocked off the Dodgers six to four. Twins six game losing streak is over. We got to throw some kudos to the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're actually a couple of games over five hundred. They win again seven to six. Kevin Correa with his tenth win of the year. Pittsburgh probably their best team, Jack. I, I want to say almost in your lifetime. Two decades, I think they said they haven't had a winning record. Yeah, and, and you're uh, not two decades old, are you? Nope, not yet. One more, Man. one more year away. And you know, uh, make you feel old, David Olson. This guy hasn't even lived two decades. That's why he's the rookie. You know. Uh, now I know I don't have you in more often. You make <laughs> me feel old. But yeah, you know, finally, young talent finally becoming good. You know, uh, they have one player, Andrew McCutcheon. He's oh, a yeah. Joel Joel wants him. As the center, he, he is predicting the Cubs will win the World Series in 2014 with 14. many of the young players. And he says the one veteran he wants in that lineup is Andrew McCutcheon in center field. That I would open him with, welcome him with open arms. You know? Joel or Andrew McCutcheon? Oh, I haven't met Joel, so okay. we'll go with Andrew McCutcheon. Play it safe. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's, he is uh, fun to watch, you know. I've been to many Cubs Pirates games and seeing him 
tear up the Cubs. So, yeah. It's outstanding. Well, we got to wrap up the show, uh, Jackster. Um, we appreciate you coming in, number one. Uh, I'm going to try to hang on for three more years. I don't know if I can do it or not, but <laughs> while you are furthering your academic career or whatever the hell else you're doing in Missouri, but time is a waste, my friend, and this seat will be warm for you, I fully expect. With the permission of producer extraordinaire David Olson, for you to be taking over this show in three years when you graduate college. <laughs> so, Looking forward to it. Me and George, we're, we're basically keeping the seat warm for you. <laughs> All right. Sound good? That does sound good. All right, beautiful. Uh, uh, we'll get you back in once more before the summer goes. Oh, okay? yeah, definitely. Beautiful. Go Missouri, go Tigers. Jack, thank you for coming in. We appreciate out there everybody listening. We're back at it with the big dog again. Tomorrow at 10 o'clock, dog is at the Cubs game today, so we'll get more Wrigley Field sightings. David Olson, our producer, phenomenal job. Randy Myers, our assistant producer, don't ever wear that shirt again. Thanks for listening out there, everybody. We'll see you at 10 o'clock tomorrow. TalkZone.com, two guys at a mic signing off.